I'm former Congressman Gary Franks. And I'm his son, Gary. I'm millennial. We're discussing everything from politics to sports and pop culture. From very different perspectives. We speak frankly. Well, welcome back, basketball fans. And I am here with my son. Hey, how's it going, guys? Gary Jr. And I'm former Congressman Gary Franks. We're doing the top 25 basketball players from 1960 to 1990 in this segment. And then a little later on, we're going to do from 1990 to 2020. And then after we've done both of those segments, we will combine the two and come up with the top 50 basketball players of all time. And I played the game, folks, you know, so I'm, this is not something that um, you're getting from one of those guys on ESPN or on Fox, guys who haven't even looked at a play, played with a basketball before, no less played in, a, in the level in which I played. As I've talked about before, I have the, the privilege of being cut by Elgin Baylor, but I was on a, ba- a professional basketball court when that happened. Um, so, you know, I have played the game and some of these folks I have actually played against in, in one shape, form or fashion or new. And we talked about that in a uh, earlier podcast. We have gone through my list of 15 and my son, Gary Jr.'s list of 15. He will communicate with you and then we will go on and touch upon our remaining 10 for our first segment. In my first 15, even though we're not ranking the players at this point, in no particular order, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Will Chamberlain, Bill Russell, Oscar Robinson, Jerry West, Bob Pettit, Elgin Baylor, Isaiah Thomas, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, uh, let's see, Alvin Hayes, Moses Malone, and David Thompson. And I sure hope that equals 15 or 16. The, my 16th one was Bob Cousy. So that would give me 16. Um, did that make a mistake, Garrett? Is that pretty much uh, uh, where we stand at this point? Yeah, we actually have two more that we talked about as well. Uh, Dr. J, Julius Irving. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, actually... Um, I believe that was the only one. Yeah, and I, I had ja- I had I had James Worthy on mine, so you know we're one ahead on my list. So I have seventeen on my list, and I believe okay. you have sixteen. Yeah, I still have to hear the the, the overall argument for for James Worthy, especially at, until you hear my other nine, Gary, because I think that uh, we have some folks here on this list that are I think undeniable. Uh, you got to put them on on the top twenty five list, and then. After that, folks, we're going to go back and, and kind of talk about guys who were on the bubble that, for one reason or another, uh, we just couldn't put them on. And I'm going to mention another player who who uh, I do have a little bit of a of a soft spot for, and I mentioned him in my earlier uh, in our earlier podcast, and that's Pistol Pete Maravich. And Pistol Pete Maravich, as I said on the day, the last day that I got cut from rookie camp from the New Orleans Jazz. Uh, I saw him walk in, and he kind of looked at the rookies, and you know, didn't we didn't phase him at all, obviously. And he, uh, but yet everyone looked at him and stared at him, and and he would be on my list. Uh, probably, if we had a list, a top, 
um, 15 or top 10 all-time college players of, the, of, of, of basketball. He would definitely be on that list, having averaged about 44 points a game as a college basketball player. And uh, even in the professional ranks, he averaged about 24 points a game, uh, shot about 44%, 82% from the foul line, 4.5 assists, 5.4 assists. And on, with, with the exception of Bob Cousy, and to a certain degree, they were obviously in different eras, a magician with the ball. I mean, he was able to handle that ball extremely well. Yeah, um, you know, I agree with you 100%. In fact, uh, you know, you can probably say that Pistol Pete took the range from Bob Cousy. He really took it, you know, to another level with the passing and, and everything else. Uh, that's really shocking, though, that he only averaged 5.4 assists, you would think. You know, most of the highlights they show is his ball handling and his, you know, crazy passes. You would think that he would average more assists. But, you know, playing well, with the Hawks back then, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, sometimes, Gary, let me tell you, you pass the ball to somebody and they just don't make the basket. You know, so that that, that does happen. But he, he, was a fun, he was a great passer. But you're right. I, I thought he would, would have more assists as well. But he was also in that bubble period, Gary, when they didn't give you a whole lot of assists that yeah. easily. And so it wasn't a period of time where you could rack up, you know, 14, 15, 16 assists like Harden and and, uh, and Westbrook and guys like that today when you say to yourself, he had 14 assists, you know, or even to a certain degree, even LeBron. Sometimes you scratch your head. How did he get a lot? 14 assists? He was just passing the ball around the perimeter. And, and so anyhow, he um, should have more assists than that, but he, he didn't. And uh, But he a phenomenal, uh, just a great basketball player and a joy to watch, really. Just a joy to watch. Was not uh, all that athletic. You know, he did not have blazing speed and he could not jump that well, but he could definitely, uh, you know, fill the basket up. Yeah, the master of tricking people, I'll say. That is the truth. That is the truth. Uh, so uh, that would give me now 17. And now going to he's, my – He's also on my list as well. Okay, that's good. Yeah. Going to my – so I, once again, I have these weird Forrest Gump-like connections with some people. I had one with him, with Pistol Pete. Following three terms on the city council and three terms in Congress, former Congressman Gary Franks' consulting firm has helped scores of companies, large Fortune 500 firms, small businesses, and even startup companies secure millions of dollars in federal government contracts and international business opportunities. Congressman Franks, a Yale grad, author, Fortune 500 executive, and former visiting professor at Georgetown University, UVA, and Hampton University, will use his knowledge, experience, relationships, and strategic plan model to help you reach that next level of success. Schedule your participation in an upcoming webinar to learn just how Congressman Franks can help you. For more information, email gary at garyfranks.org now. The next person on the list would be a person who I actually worked for, Gary, and I also actually um, was at his basketball camp. And that is Willis Reed. But it goes further than that because he actually dated my uh, sister, uh, my older sister, obviously. And he was the captain of the New York Knicks when they won their last championship back in 1973. They won two under Willis Reed. 
Six foot nine, two hundred and forty pounds. Uh, they always had him listed at six eleven, but he was he was truly about six foot nine. But one of my funniest memories, because he did visit our house, was when we went to uh, the Immaculate Conception Church, and he was on his knees. And when people looked around, it looked like he was still standing. It was really something to see. <laughs> he was just very. He was huge. Uh, I went to his basketball camp back when I was sixteen years old, and it was a turning point for me because I believe that. The growth that I have from my sophomore year, I think I was 15 or 16, the growth I have from my sophomore year to my junior year, my sophomore year in high school, I averaged about five points a game. But in my junior year in high school, I was an all-state player and, and I averaged about 21 points a game. That that leap, I attribute a lot of that to my stay at Willis Reed's basketball camp. Now, uh, at Willis Reed's basketball camp, he had people like, a guy by the name of Bill Bradley was there, and I had a chance to actually play a little bit against uh, Bill Bradley. And they had other professional basketball players who who attended his, uh, who were instructors at his at his camp. But the funniest part about Will, Willis Reed's basketball camp, Gary, was the fact that his director was a guy by the name of Bobby Knight. And it gets even more awesome than that because his assistant director was a guy who uh, we called Coach K. And yes, that's the coach of Duke. So I was at a basketball camp that was Willis Reed's basketball camp, and the two top people are now in the Basketball Hall of Fame as two of the greatest coaches of all time. And once again, that goes along with my Forrest Gump life. But getting back to Willis Reed, two-time finals MVP, Average about 19 points a game, shot about 48%, made about 48% of his shots, 75% of his shots from the foul line, and was a true leader. Uh, years later, when I was a co- go ahead, Gary. No, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, years later, when I was, a, when I was a, a Yale captain of the Yale basketball team, I worked at the Willis Reed basketball camp and was a counselor with a guy by the name of Poltz. Poltz was a... Um, professional basketball player who played for the uh, for the New Jersey Nets at the time and also Willis Reed was general manager years later of the New, of the New Jersey Nets and he invited me back to um, a couple of New York Nets basketball games when I was a sitting congressman at the time once again getting, getting back to Forrest Gump the uh, one of his coaches was a man that I mentioned before another Hall of Famer Chuck Daly Chuck Daly was the coach of uh, the Nets for a short period of time. And as I mentioned in an earlier taping, Chuck da- Daly recruited me to go to Boston College when I was a high school senior. So uh, and then eventually was the coach at Penn. And one of my last games of, the, of my high congressional, my collegiate career, in which I had a great game. I scored about 20 points against Penn, and they were the third-ranked team in the country. So it's funny, you know, once again, all these Forrest Gump type of relationships I've had, uh, it, it, it ties back to a lot of these folks that we have on the list, at least a few of the folks on the list, not all, but just a few. And Willis Reed is one of those. Now, I do not have Willis Reed on my list, and I know a lot of Nick fans are going to be upset with me, as I am a Nick fan as well, but I have the other two Nick players, um, and that's Walt Frazier and Earl the Pearl. Those two guys are on my list. Um, I don't know if you want to speak on that at all, but Okay, okay. Well, I'm going to get into it, but... Well, no, I'll, I'll talk to talk about one of them, that being Walt Frazier, because I do have Walt Frazier okay, on my list, but I do not have Earl Monroe. He's, on, he's one of my bubble individuals, so... And I'm going to not 
quite get the 25. I'm going to be at around, around 23, 24, because I do have some bubble people that I'm not going to be able to decide upon today, but, but we'll, we'll have it decided upon very soon. Um, definitely before we get into, or at the beginning of our segment, in which we're talking about players from 1990 to 2020. So I'll have it before that time. Walt Frazier, yes. He, one, once again, one of the best defensive players to ever play the game, uh, f- especially from the guard position. Uh, as I mentioned earlier or in a prior episode, to see Walt Frazier go up against Jerry West was just great basketball. It was great basketball. Back when I played and back in those days, Gary, you were able to, you were able to hand check. And let me tell you, Frazier was much stronger than people would, would ever – possibly believe he actually played forward when he was in college and uh, Jerry West weighed about 180 pounds and so Frazier was really able to contain West better than any other um, guard in the in the game and it showed because they won in 70 and they won in 73 and uh, he neutralized Jerry West uh, in those games um didn't average 20 points a game overall. That's only because in his last two or three years, the Knicks traded him to uh, Cleveland, and he only averaged about 10 points a game one year and three points a game another year. So that kind of brings down your scoring average. But his overall scoring average in the playoffs was about 21 points a game. He shot about 50% and shot almost 80, made almost 80% of his shots from the free throw line. And once again, only six assists, but that's the era in which you didn't get assists like LeBron gets his assists today, like some of these players, like Westbrook gets his assists today. And it was a little, t- it was a lot tougher to get assists back in those days. So, but he truly uh, was a great basketball player. Now, for me, the reason why I put Earl the Pearl on my list is when you create or, if not create, emphasize a move in the spin move, that changed the game of basketball to me. Because because of the, because of the ability of using the spin move with hand checking, it allows you to get some type of separation. And to me, I, I feel like that's the reason why I put him on my list. When you create something that's never been d- done before, that impact is phenomenal. So for me, that's why I put him on the list. You know, if you look at his numbers, you know, you'll, un, you know, you'll see that, you know, with the bullets, he averaged, you know, 24, 25 points a game, you know, for a few years. And when he was with, with, with the Knicks, his average went down, but that was because of all the talent the Knicks had at that time. But for me, he makes my list. Um, you know, I, I can totally see why he's a bubble guy, but for me, you know, he's on my list. Gary, he is so close for me. He, he did average about 18.8 points a game and, and shot about 47% of, of, made 47% of his field goals, 81% of his free throws. Um, it's very close. Um, once again, a magnificent college basketball player as well. He played forward at times center, even though he was only 6'3". The spin move, I tried to do it. I couldn't, you know, I, I tried. But... He had that spin move down where it just neutralized the fact that when someone was was hand-checking you, you used that against the person. So the person put his arm on you on one side, then you just spin away from that arm and you'll leave him there. So it was almost a counter spin move, a counter hand-checking move uh, that that worked every time. And, And you would say to yourself, how in the world did he get free? And it's because the guy gave him a clue. He put his hand on him, and then he spun. But back in, the, in those days, you could hand check, so it wasn't a foul. 
but but in uh, Earl Monroe was was a great basketball player and and back in ninety another little story here back in nineteen ninety when I ran for Congress I was hearing rumors that he was also thinking of running for Congress and yes as a Republican that was back in nineteen ninety and I was looking to see if he was going to show up at some of the of the of the training classes they had down in Washington but he never did and obviously changed his mind but. Um, that's another little side story. Great basketball player on the bubble for me. Um, and that's because I'll, I'll jump right into my next person. And, and I have to have this individual on the list because to me, there's no other person that reminds me more of Durant than George Gervin. Both very, very thin George Gervin was like 6'8", six, 6'9", six, about 185 pounds. I hate to say that. That's about what I weigh right now. And, so, and I'm not anywhere near 6'8". And the man could just score. I mean, you just could not stop him from scoring. Gary. He, he, had, he had all the moves. He was so smooth. He, uh, he averaged about 26 points a game. He shot. He made like 51% of his shots and 85% of his free throws. Um Nine-time All-Star, four times he won the scoring championship. Just he—he he was just so much fun to look at because you'll say to yourself, "Why can't they stop this guy?" And he'll just whoop, slip right by. It's almost like he would make himself thinner and just slide right through <laughs> because they could just couldn't put a hand on him. Talking about hand checking, you couldn't put a hand on him because he was just so thin. But he—he he was the Ice Man because it did not look like he was sweating on the court. It looked like he just. Kept playing and scoring. The greatest finger roll in the history of the NBA. And it's, it's also very interesting because most of, not most, but some of his career was in the ABA. So some of his numbers, you know, his best times was not in the NBA. But a phenomenal player, and I agree. He's also on my list as well. Um, I also want to add another guy who's on my list. And I don't know if he's on yours mm-hmm. as well. But Dominique Wilkins, I think Dominique Wilkins is obviously, you know, he's the human highlight film, his incredible series against Larry Bird, you know, in the 80s in the second round, the seven game series, you know, them going back and forth is one of the best second round series in NBA history. Uh, He also, you know, he was in the dunk contest, as we know, you know, one of the greatest in-game and contest dunkers ever. And, you know, also when he had his um, Achilles injury, um, he was still able to average 29 points a game in the 90s, but I'm going to give him a lot of his credit and recognition in the 80s as the best Atlanta Hawk player, you know, in their history. Gary, I um, I would ditto everything you you have just said. The, the exception that I would make, however, I have him in my 90s through 2020 because his career went from 1982 to 1999. So he's literally... Played most of the '80s, most of the just about all of the '90s. So, just for the sake of my being able to keep my list at 25, is the only reason why I do not have him in my list from from the '60s through 1990. Because it, there's no question when you do a list, he has to be on it. That there's, there's not even that's not even a question. So, I agree. Yeah. So here's yeah, here's why the main reason is when I talk about the human highlight film, his athleticism, all that stuff was done in the 80s. He had the Achilles injury in 1990, I believe. So the second half of his career is completely different than the first half of his career. Mm-hmm. So that's why I put him in there. 
Okay. Well, I'm, I'm going to show him in my next group. So, but uh, no question, he should be he should be part of it. Just like Clyde Drexler, I have Drexler. I have him in my other group because he played most of his most of that career was most of his career was in the in the nineties. So, I, I, but I, I hear you on that. Now, some of the other individuals that I'm going to mention, you're going to say, uh, well. I don't know about that because so I, I, I say that I'm, I'm saying I'm putting them on the list. I'm already <laughs> degrading them a little bit because they're not what I, uh, you know, th- I think there's a big separation from the folks that I just talked about and, and these other individuals. Now I'm not sure Gary, but did we, we put, we did talk about John Havlicek, right? Or we did not. Cause he, he very should, briefly, he should be very briefly, but we should, he, I think he we'll talk about it a little bit. Yeah. More. Let me come back to John Havlicek then from for a minute. I wasn't sure if I had had talked about him before, but uh, the other individuals are folks that I I enjoyed seeing play. They they may have played for for teams that did not give them the type of recognition that you would uh, you know you normally hear that that would normally allow a person to become a household name. But they were still great players. Uh, and this that would be Adrian Dantley. I'm going to group the two together. Adrian Dantley and Alex English. Now, both are, uh, are individuals that are getting down to the – obviously, we're getting way down toward my 25 now when I talk about those folks. But Dantley, you know, he's a six-time All-Star, two-time scoring champion, rookie of the year. Average, his career average was 24.3 points a game. Sh- shot 54 – made 54% of his shots – uh, from the from the field, eighty two percent from the free throw line, and was to a certain degree Charles Barkley before Charles Barkley, because he was a big burly guy and not as big as Charles as far as being uh, from a weight perspective. But they were both about six five, six six. I think Dantley would would clock in at six five, and but they got a lot of rebounds. They got a lot of garbage points, but they were also, in the case of Adrian Dantley, able to score from. From um, from distance and 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 penetrate well, uh, he was a great player, and 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 those num- his numbers would would be a testament of that. Uh, but a lot of people just aren't aware of uh, of Adrian Dantley, one of the greatest players to ever play for Demantha High School, Gary, and you're familiar with that that high school um, in the D.C. area, Baltimore, Maryland area. It's a legendary school, and he was definitely one of of the best players to ever come out of that school. Uh, Alex English, another guy, you wouldn't really hear about that much, but he averaged about 21.5 points a game, Shot 50, made 50% of his shots, 83% from the free throw line. Scoring champion, an eight-time All-Star. An eight-time All-Star. Um, good player. Played at the University of South Carolina in college, and but he played in Denver, and uh, he just didn't see him that much. But... Uh, I still have him have him on the list, and when I put him on the list, I say to myself, "Then you got to put Bernard King on the list." You know, say Bernard King averaged twenty two point five points a game and a, uh, an All Star and scoring champ. So those three guys, I'm going to say that they're all they're all very similar. That they put a lot of points on the board, um, did not become uh, legends in their in during their time, and but uh, were very very solid basketball players. I agree with you. I have two of the three on there. I have Alex English, and I have Bernard King on there. Um, Alex English uh, was a great model for Reggie Miller. Um, if you look, you know, if you know the way 
um, Alex Ingles played, he ran around a lot of screens, mm-hmm. and he was one of those type of players, which opened up the doors for guys like Reggie Miller and Ray Allen and Clay, you know, the Clay Thompson of the world uh, today. Um, for me, I want to add one person to my list, so I'm gonna actually kick you know one person off because when I looked at this person's numbers, I'm like, you know what, he should be on it, and he may be a bubble guy for you, Dad, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm gonna say Joe Dumars. And if you look at Joe Dumars's um, resume here, um, he's a six-time All-Star. He's a Finals MVP. He's a two-time champion. Uh, he's he's all defensive team four times, and all an all NBA defensive team, you know, one time. And he took the challenge of guarding all the top players in the '80s and all those during the '80s. A lot of those guys were shooting guards. So he was the guy that was guarding all those guys. And I just want to give him a little bit of credit here because the Detroit Pistons probably have the second best backcourt in NBA, second or third best backcourt in NBA history. And I, you know, so I'm going to put him on the list. I'm kicking one guy off. So that would be a guy in my bubble that we'll hear later. Okay. Okay. Well, Joe, Joe Dumars, very good basketball player. Guy. I, I uh, once again, I, when I go back to those Detroit, Piston team, so I, I just struggle. I, I struggle showing those guys any love because of the way they played. I just didn't like the way they played, and maybe because I was a, I was a shooting guard, and I, I, I always went to the basket, and 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 their model was if you score too much, you're gonna put they're gonna put you on the floor. <laughs> so and I, I just, <laughs> I really didn't like. Uh, the, the, you know, players who go out there and just try to physically get get their way, and I thought that to me the the Pistons were very much like that. And as I said before, the, you know, Chuck Daly was the coach. I loved the guy, and and Isaiah Thomas, a great great point guard. But um, I hear he's on your bubble. I can't I can't concede that he's on my bubble. But he's uh, he was a very good basketball player. Well. Well, we actually just made my list. Okay. And, uh, no, I understand that completely. Michael Jordan feels the same yeah, way. Yeah, right. So I understand. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, he was considered the nice guy. Yeah. Team, so, you know, I'm going to give him some credit here. And then he went on to become general manager. Now, my next person just didn't have a real, real long career. I mean, you know, like, you know 65 through 1980. Uh, but the last two years of his career were, were, weren't anywhere near uh, what it was when he was in his prime. Uh, and that's Rick Barry. Uh, Rick Barry, um, I tell you, he, he was an uh, individual who, number, well, before, let's start from the beginning. He had a free throw, Gary. They shot from below and then just flipped it up. He put it between the, his legs and flipped the ball up. And everyone said, that is so crazy. He's not going to make a basket. And he shot 90. He made 90% of his free throws. I'm sorry. His oh, his career was 90%. There were years in which he made 95%, 94% of his free throws. He made shooting the ball like that. It was just absolutely, absolutely amazing that he was able to do that. But Rick Barry averaged 35.6 points a game one year. Led his team to the to the uh, NBA championship, and the team was really Rick Barry and Rick Barry, and they were just they you know they just marched right through. Uh, he averaged 30, 31 points a game just about that during that year, and they um, 
they dominated that year of 19, 1975. And that was my senior year in college. I was following it very closely. And, and um, overall, 23 points a game is his career average, shooting about 45%. Uh, so um, one would say, how does, he, how does he make it? But still, I, I think that he, he deserves mention and uh, should get a spot on my – and he has gotten a spot on my top 25. So we're out of time for today. We'll see you guys next time. Don't forget to subscribe.